Jesus said, Before Abraham was, I am. Therefore, Jesus is God. That's the message I have for you today. Ladies and gentlemen, very exciting when we study the uh, deity, the divinity of Jesus Christ. Uh, and that's what we'll be looking at once again here. We're going to go to John chapter 8. And this is uh, describing a time when the Lord was uh, communicating with his own Jewish people. They rejected him, so they were in confrontation mode. So let's pick it up. John eight fifty one. It says, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Then said the Jews unto him, Now we know that thou hast a devil or a demon. Abraham is dead, and the prophets. And thou sayest, If a man keep my saying, he shall never taste of death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead, and the prophets are dead? Whom makest thou thyself? So, as I said, they're in confrontation mode. And, you know, basically they're asking uh, Jesus, you know, who do you think you are? You know, uh, you're asking people to keep your saying or keep your word, and, and, and they will never see death. Obviously, he's talking about eternal life. And they're telling him, look, you, you have a devil, you have a demon, you're demon-possessed. Can you imagine this uh, battle that was going on between uh, Jesus and the religious Jewish people? Let's go to verse 54. Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your God. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him, and keep his saying. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it, and was glad. So that's a, an interesting uh, portion of Scripture Right there, the Lord is laying, laying it down flat to them, and he's basically telling them, look, you, you say that God is your father, and you don't even know him. You don't even know him. And if I say I don't know him, then I'd be a liar just like you. And then he goes on to say, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He, he saw it and was glad. Now, we know that the Lord appeared to Abraham in the uh, book of Genesis, you can read about that. So that's the same Lord that I'm preaching to you um, today, by the way, uh, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, the point Jesus is uh, making here is that he's eternal himself. And we'll see this as we pick it up in uh, verse 57. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet 50 years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was I am. Then took they up stones to cast at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. So as I said, there, there's a great confrontation uh, that was taking place here. They're saying, you saw Abraham? You're not even 50 years old yet. Uh, actually, he wasn't even 40. Uh, so this is what they're saying to him. So they're, they're thinking, you know, Abraham lived hundreds upon hundreds of years ago, and you're telling uh, us that you saw Abraham? Come on, what's going on here? So then they took up stones to cast at him. Okay, so that's interesting. Why would they take up stones? What was the purpose of the religious Jewish people 
taking uh, stones and getting ready to uh, hit him and kill him. That's what they were trying to do. Well, if you go to the book of uh, Leviticus chapter 24, let's look at verse 16. We'll find the answer right here. It says, And he that blasphemeth the name of the Lord, he shall surely be put to death. And all the congregation shall certainly stone him, as well the stranger as he that is born in the land, when he blasphemeth the name of the Lord, shall be put to death. So there's the answer, uh, folks. They thought they were doing the right thing because of what Jesus was proclaiming. They believed he was blaspheming the name of the Lord. Meanwhile, he was the Lord. So uh, by using that term, I am, they knew exactly what he was saying. It's the name of God. And I'm going to prove that to you. So, so Jesus used the term I am, the words I am, which is the name of Almighty God. That's what he's saying. And that's why they, that, that, that settled it for them. Let's, let's get stones and, and take care of business here. So I'm going to prove that to you. We'll go to the book of Exodus chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 13 and 14. Uh, this is when uh, the Lord spoke to Moses out of the burning bush. You remember uh, there was a bush that was burning, but it was not consumed. Uh, it caught the attention of Moses. He went over there, and the Lord told him, you know, take your shoes off, uh, you know, where you're standing is holy ground. So here's God Almighty speaking to Moses out of this burning bush. And, you know, he's going he's to use Moses uh, to bring his people out of bondage. So let's pick it up here, Exodus 3, verse 13. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. So this is powerful now. So I think you would agree with me here, ladies and gentlemen, that the one who spoke out of the burning bush to Moses, the one who told him to take his shoes off, we would agree that his name is I Am. I think you would agree with that. So this is why the religious Jewish people wanted to stone Jesus Christ to death because that's the name Jesus used for himself. Before Abraham was, I am. So, so we want to get something straight here. Jesus is making a claim that he is the I am. We find out here, Moses, this is my name. Go tell the children of Israel. So if you're Jewish today, listening, the I am that I preach to you today, whose name is Jesus Christ, is the same one who spoke to Moses out of the burning bush. And the word for you today is you need him. Oh, you need him. You need to know that Jesus Christ is the I am. No question about it. So now you can understand why uh, they were so enraged, the religious Jews, uh, when he used that name for himself. So um, I want you now to uh, go to the Old Testament book of Isaiah. We're going to look at chapter 44 and verse 6. We can see uh, the deity of Christ here also. We're going to prove that to you. So it says, Isaiah 44, verse 6, Thus saith the Lord, 
the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. So, even if you're Jewish, I believe you would uh, agree with me here that the one speaking, who is the Lord, he's the King of Israel, the Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, and now he says, I'm the first, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. So, I think we would agree that there is only one true God, okay? And there are no other gods beside him. And that's what the Lord is saying here. By the way, the word for Lord there is, uh, you, you would see it Y-H-W-H. We use the term Yahweh. You could say Jehovah. Uh, I'm not going to get into the whole expo- explanation there. But so you could say, thus say it, Jehovah, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Jehovah of hosts. I am the first and I am the last and beside me, there is no God. So if you're a Jehovah's Witness, I think you would agree that this is talking about Jehovah. So what I'd like to tell you today is the Jehovah whom I serve is Jesus Christ. And, and that you need to know about the deity, the divinity of Jesus Christ, which you don't believe. I know that. So that's why I'm uh, saying these things to you uh, today. So now if you go into the New Testament, I'll prove to you that the first and the last is also used by Jesus Christ himself to describe himself. So keep in mind, I'm, I'm proving to you today, today uh, through the scriptures that Jesus Christ is God. So let's go to Revelation chapter 1, verses 17 to 18. And this is spoken by the Apostle John. This is the same John that walked with the Lord when he walked in this world before he was slain on the cross, before he rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. It says, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Wow. So here we have the Apostle John. Now he has this uh, vision of Christ, the ascended, glorified Christ, and, and he's petrified, okay? And he, he fell at his feet as dead. And here we have the Lord bringing comfort to John. He said, fear not, don't be afraid. I am the first and I am the last and the last. I am he that liveth, listen, and was dead. Uh-oh, what's this about? I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. So if the first and the last is God, and we see that's the point I'm trying to make here, but how could this be? I am he that liveth and was dead. How could God be dead? Well, what's going on here? Let's let's read on. In Revelation, same chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 11, I'll just read the first part, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. So I want to prove to you that the Alpha and Omega is also called the first and the last. So if you go to Revelation, chapter 1, verse 8, It says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. So we find out here, ladies and gentlemen, that the first and the last is alive, but it also said that he was dead. And now it tells us here 
that the Alpha and Omega, who's also the first and the last, by the way, he says he's the Almighty. So, so we learn here that Jesus Christ, he is the first and the last. He's the Alpha and Omega, and he is the Almighty. So we, we would agree that Almighty God, the first and the last, it's describing the same person, the, 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 the one we read about in the Old Testament and the one we read about in the book of Revelation in the New Testament is describing the same person. Now, this is very interesting, ladies and gentlemen. So many people at this point would say, <laughs> yeah, well, well, let me ask you something. This is a question that comes up by the unbelievers or people who are engaged in some type of a cult. Who was running the universe when Jesus was dead? Who, who was, if he's God, like you say, who's running the universe? Well, you know, folks, God is omniscient. God is omnipresent. God is always God. He will always be God. So Jesus Christ took on our humanity, ladies and gentlemen. So this is what you need to know. Let's go to John chapter 2, verse 18 to 22. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, What sign showest thou unto us, seeing that thou doest these things? Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then said the Jews, Forty and six years was this temple in building, and wilt thou rear it up in three days? But he spake of the temple of his body. When therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this unto them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. So, uh, this is a, a good portion to, to remember of scripture, ladies and gentlemen. So, what we're trying to answer that question, you know, who is running the universe? You know, well, the point I'm making here is that Jesus Christ is God. So, they asked for a sign. What happened? This is after he went through the uh, temple. You know, they were selling all of those things, and he turned the tables upside down. Basically, they said, "Who gives you the Who gives you the right to do this? Who? Where do you get this authority from? Who do you think you are?" That's what was actually going on. And they asked for a sign. What sign? You know, what sign would you give to us to prove that you have the authority to do this? Don't miss this. So here's the sign that the Lord gives to them. He said, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. So the sign was this, ladies and gentlemen. He said, destroy this temple. He knew that they were going to kill him. He says, you destroy this temple. He's talking about his own body. He says, in three days I will raise it up. So basically the sign that he gave them was the sign of the resurrection. So they asked, what gave you, who gives you the authority? He, he wanted to let them know, you want to know where I get the authority? I am almighty God because I'm going to be killed, but I'm going to raise myself up again. That's the authority. That's the deity. That's the divinity of Jesus Christ. No man, ladies and gentlemen, can say, I'm going to be killed or I'm going to be dead, but I'll raise myself up again. But God can say that. And that's exactly what took place there, folks. They asked for a sign. He gave them the sign. It was the deity. It was the divinity of Jesus Christ. You kill me, I'm getting back up again. Oh, yes. So, so this is powerful stuff. Keep in mind, folks, did the Father die on the cross? Nope. The Son of God died on the cross. The triunity of the eternal Godhead. God sent the Son. The Son went to the cross. Keep that in mind. So 
this is the sign, the divinity. He said, you, you kill this body, you, you, you destroy this temple. He's talking about his own body. I will raise it up again. Oh, yes, almighty God in the flesh, Emmanuel. Let's go to John chapter 10, verse 17 and 18. Therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Once again, folks, he's going to the cross. He says, the Father loves me, and I have the power to lay my life down. He, he went to the cross willingly, okay? Willingly he went to the cross. He says, no man's taking it from me. Even though he was slain by uh, the Romans and all of this stuff, we know that, folks. But he did this willingly. He says, no man takes it from me. I'm laying it down of myself. He says, I have the power to lay it down. Listen to this. And I have power to take it again. Meaning he will be raised back up from the dead. Glory to God. Once again, we see the deity of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1, 18 to 21. For as much as ye know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. Hallelujah. It says God raised him from the dead. Jesus is God. God raised him from the dead. The beautiful triunity, folks. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So what we see here, folks, is talking about the cross. Obviously, that's how we're redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, it says, who verily or truly was foreordained before the foundation of the world. Folks, Christ knew what was happening before this world was even created. That's right. That's the beauty of the cross. That's the beauty of salvation. John chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, we're going to take a look here uh, at John the Baptist now and what he had to say. John 1, 14 and 15, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bear witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. That's an interesting statement. I've spoken about this before. So here we have the word made flesh. And John the Baptist now is speaking to the people who were following him, and he was speaking regarding Jesus Christ. He says, he that comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Now, Christ, ladies and gentlemen, in the physical realm, in the flesh, was born after John the Baptist. But here John the Baptist is saying, he's preferred before me, for he was before me. What was he trying to say? He's eternal, folks. That's what it's speaking about. He's eternal. Let's go to John 
chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Okay. So, the Word, it says here, was with God, and the Word was God. Like, folks, it's, it's very simple. The word is speaking of Jesus Christ as we saw in the previous verses that the word was made flesh. So the word is God, ladies and gentlemen. And it tells us that he created all things. Don't miss this. So the Christ that I preach to you today, the Christ I believe in, is, is the creator of all things. He was made flesh. He walked in the same world that you and I are walking in today. And the reason I preach him is, folks, uh, I'm, I'm trying to tell you, you need him. <laughs> Don't leave earth without Christ. Don't leave earth without being saved. Don't leave earth without being born again, because you will not make it. You will not be in heaven, folks. It's either heaven or hell. So, so here would, I'm speaking to you today. And uh, let's go now, John chapter 1, verse 27, uh, still speaking about John the Baptist. Here's what he said. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latch it I am not worthy to unloose. Basically saying, look, I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. Okay, keep in mind, physically, Jesus was born after John the Baptist, but he knew who he was. He knew where he came from. John 1, and 30. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. Deity, deity, deity. Jesus Christ is God. Let's look at John chapter 17 now. This is the Lord Jesus Christ speaking to the Father in heaven. He's not talking to himself. He's not talking to another manifestation of himself. He's talking to the person of the Father. He's praying, I've glorified thee on the earth. I've finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Wow. So here the Lord is talking to the Father. He's about to be slain. He knows it. He's praying to the Father. He says, look, I finished the work, the work you gave me to do, the cross. This is, this is the love of God toward mankind, that we might be saved, that we, that we might be redeemed. So here Jesus is uh, telling the Father, I, I've finished it. I'm, 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 I'm ready to go. That's what it's talking about. And then he's saying, Oh, Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. So, so Jesus had the same glory as the Father before he came down from heaven. Keep in mind, Jesus Christ is eternal. So you get around the holiday time, you have some churches like to sing happy birthday to Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is eternal, folks. You don't need a birthday party. He has always been. Glory to God. Can somebody say glory to God? Can somebody say hallelujah? This is good stuff, folks. This is good stuff. So I want you to know, folks, without question, that Jesus Christ is equal with God. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 8 
It says this, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So here we have, it says, being in the form of God. Uh, You could say being by nature God. He didn't think it was robbery to be equal with God. Why? Because he was equal with God. That's why it wasn't robbery. So he, he came, he took on a form of a servant. He was made in the likeness of a man, folks. And, and the reason he did this was so that he could die on the cross for our sins. Keep in mind, foreordained from eternity, glory to God. This was not a plan B. You know, like people like to uh, preach because the Jewish people rejected Christ, so now we have plan B going into effect. Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Like, like, God, uh, like, oh, shucks. Uh, 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 what do we do now? We got to come up with another plan because because the Jewish people rejected him. Uh, uh, well, uh, we got to do the cross now. No, this was foreordained, ladies and gentlemen. From eternity. This gospel is for everybody, Jew and Gentile. So if you're Jewish out there, you listen and you need Christ. The same Christ I serve. You need to be saved. You need to be washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. You need to be born again of the Spirit. You won't be in heaven. Listen to me now. It applies to the Muslims too, Jehovah's Witnesses. You need the Jesus Christ. I'm preaching to you today. There are many fake Jesuses out there, folks. You want the real one? You're hearing it today. Glory to God. John 5, 16 to 18. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. But Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto, or up until now, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him because he had not only broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father making himself equal with God. The Jewish people knew what he was trying to say. He says, this guy's calling God his father. He he was doing the right thing because God was his father. Hallelujah. He's the son of God. He says, he's making himself equal with God. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. He makes himself equal with God. Hallelujah. So, That's what's taking place there, ladies and gentlemen. That's why they persecuted him. And don't miss that. It says, and they sought to slay him. They wanted to kill him. They wanted to kill him. Look look, look what this guy's doing. He's doing all these things on the Sabbath day. Not only that, he says, God's his father. Kill him. Kill him. He makes himself equal with God. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 1, verses 5 to 8. We're going to see here how the father called the son God. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee, and again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he saith, Who maketh his angels spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire. But unto the son, he saith, Listen, thy throne, O God is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. So, God the Father said to Jesus the Son, Thy throne, O God, is forever 
and ever. Did God the Father call Jesus God? Right here, it's very clear, right? Right, plain, black and white. Uh, I mean, it couldn't be any clearer, ladies and gentlemen. It says, and let all the angels of God worship him. The Watchtower Society, they believed that uh, before Jesus came down to earth, he was Michael the Archangel. Well, I'll tell you where Michael the Archangel can be found. He can be found worshiping Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You see that? He's not Michael the Archangel, folks. Get that out of your, your, your thinking pattern. Get that out of your system and recognize the true and living God for yourself. John 5, 22 to 24 it says, For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father, which hath sent him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death, unto life. Okay, folks, so it says here, the Father judges no man, but has committed all judgment unto the Son. I'll throw it in here right now. Folks, when you stand before God, you're going to be standing before Jesus Christ. All judgment has been committed to him. People like to make different judgments. Oh, the judgment seat of Christ, this judgment, the, the, the great white throne judgment, nonsense. There's one judgment, one central judgment. We're all going to stand before Almighty God, and we're going to be standing before Jesus Christ because all judgment has been given unto the Son. Not some judgment, all judgment. Don't ever forget that. Matthew 28, verses 16 to 18. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain, where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Don't miss that. How much power? All power. Where? In heaven and in earth. Who has all power? In heaven and in earth. Almighty God. That's right. So it's been given to him. Oh, yes. All power has been given to Jesus Christ in heaven and in earth. Do you believe that? Let's go to 1 John 5, 9 to 12. It says, If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater, for this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Wow. That eliminates billions of people who reject Jesus Christ. Because eternal life is found in one place, ladies and gentlemen. Hear this now if you're Jewish, if you're Muslim, Jehovah's Witness, Mormons, Hindus, Buddhists. Hear this now. If you want eternal life, I'm here to tell you today, it's found in one place and no other place. It is found in the person of Jesus Christ. If you don't believe that, you make God out to be a liar. Why? Because that's the record that God gave of his son. That's the testimony that God 
gave his son. It's found in him, eternal life, everlasting life, same thing. It's found in one place, ladies and gentlemen. So hear me now. You know, you may be religious, you may be spiritual, but if you've never been born again of the Spirit, if you've never had your sins washed away by this Son of God, Jesus Christ, then you're still dead in your sins. You may go through this life trying to be spiritual, trying to do this, trying to do that, thinking of yourself as a good person, thinking that you're holy somehow, but you reject Jesus Christ. The people of uh, Islam, they don't believe that God even has a son. The Jewish people don't believe Jesus is the son of God, don't believe he's Lord. So obviously, they don't have eternal life. I mean, let's get real. <laughs> let's get real here, folks. This is the gospel. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 to 6, it says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So here's the battle, folks. By the way, the majority of people in the world, folks, as I speak, I'm talking billions upon billions upon billions of people. I think they say it's like 8 billion people in the world. Most of those people are living in spiritual darkness right now. That could be describing you. And the reason, folks, the Bible says that Satan, he's the god of this world, by the way, he blinds the mind. So if you don't know the Lord, he's blinding your mind. My mind was blinded, folks, until, until I heard the word of God preached and the spirit of God anointed that word and I was born again of the spirit. But up until that point, I was dead in my sins. You see, Satan did a good job. The God of this world blinded my mind lest I should understand the glorious gospel. But when I was born again, you see, that light shined in my heart. Hallelujah. And now I had the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So that's how people are saved, folks. If you've been born again, you have a testimony. You say, my testimony is not your testimony, but we will, we will have one thing in common, and that is Jesus Christ. You, you will uh, testify how the Lord brought you out of darkness. Maybe it was drugs. Maybe it was this. Maybe it was that. Whatever it was. Hallelujah. That, that's what it was, you know, it comes to mind. You know, I used to preach in, um, in the streets. Listen to me. The first time somebody handed me a, a microphone, you know, it was in New York City. Uh, it, was, it was a lady street preacher. She had a portable uh, microphone uh, hanging off her shoulder. I could see it was a, a red, red, and she was preaching on the streets. Glory to God. And, uh, you know, she, we, we knew who the lady was. She went to the same church, and she walked up to me and she took off the microphone and she says, hey, you're preaching. She didn't ask me, do you want to preach? She says, you're preaching. I said, oh, no, that's okay. No, 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 no. And she says, no, you're preaching. You're preaching. And, you know, inside I really wanted to preach it and, and I took that microphone. I'll be honest, that was the first time I preached, you know, on the street like that. So, uh, totally ordained of God. That's, that's the mercy of God. But what I'm trying to say, the, the, the lady was a woman of the streets. That's the mercy of God, folks that saved that woman. That's the blood of Jesus Christ that washed away her sins. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
So let me close it here, folks. John 4, 23 to 24, it says, But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Folks, if you're not worshiping God in spirit and in truth, you don't know him. And you cannot do that without the Holy Spirit. Impossible. You need to be born again. You cannot worship God in spirit and in truth unless you're born again the right way. Keep in mind, I speak as a former Roman Catholic. They teach you born again when you're baptized as an infant. Nonsensical. I was baptized as an infant. Oh, yes, I was. <laughs> in a story in New York. As an infant. Was I born again into the kingdom of God? Absolutely not. I did not know the Lord at all. When I was truly born again at the age of 36, then I knew Jesus Christ in truth. And that's what has to happen to you folks. And that's why uh, you know, I pour out my heart to you today. No matter who you are, no matter where you're from, no matter what your sin, there's no pit uh, too deep where, where the Lord won't rescue you and bring you into his kingdom. And you will be as saved as any other person that's in the kingdom of God. Don't ever forget that. I don't care if a person's preaching 50, 60 years. doesn't matter. When you come to the Lord, you are equal. Hallelujah. You're in the kingdom of God. We have one thing in common. We realized we were nothing but wretches, ungodly wretches. We saw Christ in truth. We understood the gospel. We understood the cross. That's the beauty of the gospel. This is, this is what it's all about, folks. So I'm going to leave it there, and I encourage you folks, don't put it off, because we're not promised even another day in this world. You be blessed and have a great day.